Halftime drama to start the new year for Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, and the Houston Rockets. But Jalen Green becoming the Rockets' best player at the best possible time. We're going to break it all down for you right here at Locked On Rockets. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. It's the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and also host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. We sincerely thank you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms and on YouTube. Be sure to check us out there. So much to get into because the Houston Rockets apparently are just an organization that attracts drama and uh, they're starting off the new year strong, setting, setting a very, very high bar to start the year 2022. Now, here's how we're going to do this. We're going to lay the groundwork, we're going to lay the framework for what took place leading into the reported halftime blow up against the Denver Nuggets involving Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood and assistant coach John Lucas. Then we're going to get into how this situation should be handled with regards to Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood moving forward with the Rockets organization. And then lastly, the segment that should not have been bumped to segment three because Jalen Green should be the leading story for this Rockets team. But we have to talk about the drama first. We're going to talk about just how incredible Jalen Green looked against the Denver Nuggets and how he is becoming the Rockets' best player at the best possible time. So let's get into it. Let's lay the ground. Let's lay the framework for how this all played out. So Rockets, Denver Nuggets, New Year's Day, second night of a back-to-back, and we're getting ready for tip-off. And lo and behold, Rockets announced their starters. Hey, Christian Wood isn't in the starting lineup. We had no word about Christian Wood being out due to injury or health and safety protocols pregame. The window was too close for it to have been like a, you know, a positive COVID test or something. So we're all scratching our heads trying to figure out why Christian Wood isn't starting. Lo and behold, he shows up for pregame warmups. There was speculation. Oh, did he get traded? Whatever. And this, you know, whatever. He shows up for pregame warmups. He's out there and he's sitting on the bench. He's ready. He's suited up, ready to play. So then he checks in off the bench. You know, seemingly, basically, he's okay. Christian Wood's available, but he's playing off the bench. Okay, cool. What have you? Rockets, you know, play a competitive first quarter, then give up 47 points. In the second quarter, the bench unit from the Rockets, Christian Wood plus the Rockets bench unit, getting absolutely worked over by the Denver Nuggets and some G League players. I mean, Compazzo was great. Just they, it was it was a rough, rough going for the for the Houston Rockets in the second quarter. They go back for halftime, and we're waiting to see this team. And they take an extended amount of time to come back out from halftime. It was about two and a half, three minutes to go left in halftime. And Josh Christopher was the first and only rocket to come back out of the tunnel. The rest of the team made their way back out with about a minute and a half left to go in halftime. Steven Silas didn't even make it back in time for the start of the third quarter. He had to call a timeout 30 seconds into the quarter 
because he wasn't back in time. Kind of, you know, rallying the troops, that kind of thing. We didn't see any Christian Wood in the second half. Armani Brooks started in place of Kevin Porter Jr. in the second half, and the Rockets announced that Kevin Porter Jr. was questionable to return with a left thigh issue. That was the word on the street. So we make it to post-game. Rockets lose in you know amazing fashion to the Denver Nuggets. It's largely a blowout the rest of the way. Nuggets leading by as many as 31 points. Jalen Green had a really impressive night, though, and we're going to talk about that in segment three. I wish we didn't have to push it all the way, all the way to segment three, but we do. We make it to post-game, and the question burning at the front of everybody's mind is what exactly was going on with Christian Wood? Why did Christian Wood come off the bench? So let's hear what Steven Silas had to say about Christian Wood coming off the bench. Yeah, um, we are basically going to keep that internal, but basically to, he, he broke a team rule. I didn't start him, and then we just, just decided not to play him in the second half. If he was playing in the first half, you know, I guess that was not starting because of breaking the team rule. Right. What was the decision to not play him in the second half? Coach's decision. There's not, but coaches don't play guys when they're not playing well. Is that the case? Just decided not to play him. Just decided not to play him. Okay, so that's what Steven Silas had to say. Later on, uh, when prompted and asked about what took place at halftime, Steven Silas called it a spirited debate, and that's why the Rockets were so late returning to the floor and why he was late to the third quarter. Then, later on, Jayshon Tate takes the podium post game and uh, is asked about what exactly took place at halftime with this team. The coach described what he said was a spirited debate at halftime. What was there to debate? Um, I just want to answer basketball questions, game game questions, honestly. Um, what goes on between the locker room with the team is, you know, between the team and, uh, you know, we're a family. And, you know, sometimes family business just doesn't need to be put out there. So that was the response from Jay Shantae. So clearly something went down at halftime with the Houston Rockets. And then a couple hours after the final buzzer had sounded, we get hammered on social media with the notifications from Woj and Shams that reportedly at halftime, assistant coach John Lucas called out several players and their effort in the second quarter, giving up 47 points to the Denver Nuggets, specifically Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood. KPJ took exception to this, got combative with assistant coach John Lucas, threw an object at coach Lucas and then left the arena at halftime. Then in the report from Sham Sharania of The Athletic, uh, which is slightly different than the report from Adrian Wojnarowski, Sham's reporting that Christian Wood refused to check back in for the remainder of the game, which goes slightly against what Steven Silas said in, you know, quoting, you know, saying that it was his decision to bench him in the second half. So, that's how it all played out. That's all the facts, all the evidence, all the reporting that we have so far to this point. Now, it's worth noting that Kelly Eco, our good friend of the pod, Kelly Eco of The Athletic, did report later that night that Kevin Porter Jr. had already reached back out to the organization and was apologetic about his overreaction and leaving at halftime. So that is a step in the right direction for what's going on. However, this is still 
a pretty big situation. How should the Rockets handle this moving forward? How are they going to handle Kevin Porter Jr.? How are they going to handle Christian Wood? What needs to happen moving forward regarding those two players and their futures with this organization? Going to share thoughts on that coming up in just a quick moment after a message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because look, it's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or maybe even better than a candy bar, if I'm being completely honest. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolutions because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or gritty or the consistency is just off, plus the flavors they have over at Built Bar, so amazing. Strawberry, cookies and cream, coconut brownie chunk is my personal number one favorite. Raspberry, mint brownie, so many good ones that you can choose from. And you can check them all out. Just visit built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your very next order of the best tasting protein bars on the market. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. And continuing on here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, where we thank you for making Locked On Rockets your first listen of the day each and every day. So, <clears throat> pardon me, let's go ahead and roll along here with exactly what's going on with Christian Wood, Kevin Porter Jr., and the Houston Rockets. So, first off, the team rule that Christian Wood broke reportedly he had missed a COVID, a mandatory COVID-19 like testing window. And so that was a you know red flag there. And then apparently he was also late to pregame warmups. So Steven Silas, we know, is a stickler for being punctual, you know, being on time. And that's one of his, that's one of his non-negotiables, right? Is <clears throat> Steven Silas is all about punctuality and you know being on time, ready to work, ready to do your job, all that stuff. So I respect Steven Silas and his decision to bench Christian Wood, right? Send a message. Hey, you're one of the leaders of this team. You're, you want to be, you're the best player on this team, right? You need to lead by example. And you being, you missing a COVID testing window and you being late to warmth, that's, that's not going to fly. I'm benching you. You're coming off the bench. Christian Wood's response to that was horrendous. In eight first half minutes, the only half he played, he was 04 from the floor. He looked bad, wasn't, you know, motive, wasn't playing motivated. The body language was horrible. It was not great. You know, Christian Wood played a, a really, really atrocious eight minutes. And uh the Houston Rockets were a ridiculous uh hang on, where's the numbers right here? Uh they were a minus 17 in the eight minutes that Christian Wood played. That's rough, right? Now, continuing to kind of provide some context for what's going on. And I'm not making excuses here. The Rockets need to punish Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. for what exactly took place. Now, I will say that the Rockets played a damn fine first quarter of basketball. They looked really great. And when Kevin Porter Jr. checked out of the game, it was 26 to 18 in favor of the Rockets with about three minutes left to go in the first quarter. And the Rockets were looking really good. They were rolling. KPJ and Jalen Green had combined for 15 of the Rockets' 26 first quarter points. KPJ had just capped off a really impressive fast break with a lob from uh, David Nwaba, I believe. It was really exciting. It was it was incredible, right? The, the, the atmosphere in Toyota Center was great. KPJ checks out. Christian Wood checks in, has a really terrible stretch of run. Rockets get completely outplayed, out-hustled. And by the time KPJ checks back into the game, 
The score is 49 to 40 in favor of the Nuggets. And he checked back in with about six, six and a half minutes left to go in the second quarter. So then by that point, and then you know, immediately after KPJ checks in, Jay Shantae gets hit with a technical foul and for taking exception to a call from an official. Jokic hits the free throw. Then Jokic hits a three. And so by then it's, you know, it's a it's a 13-point deficit. And the Rockets are largely getting blown out of the water the rest of the half. And, and it's really some really ugly basketball, some really uninspired play the rest of the half from the Rockets. So they go back into the locker room. And John Lucas, rightfully so, calls out Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr., challenges them, right? And KPJ takes exception to that. And here's how I'm imagining this situation played out. KPJ and Jalen Green had a great start to the game, right? Then Christian Wood, who broke a team rule, showed up late, went onto the court, checked in off the bench, gave a very half-hearted, half-assed effort, and you know was, was a big part of the reason why the team dug themselves into such a deep hole. Then KPJ has to check back in, has to try and clean up the issues from what took place while he was off the floor is unsuccessful in doing so because the Nuggets are you know, still a talented team. They've got the reigning MVP on their squad, and they had guys who were absolutely balling out. Compazzo looked really good. But, I mean, it just just all the guys on their team, they, they combined. Barton looked nice. Uh, Compazzo was great. Gordon was solid. Off the bench, Green, Kanchar, Bulbul had some minutes. Like The entire Nuggets team played pretty well. So I'm assuming KPJ didn't quite take exception to being called out for his performance for the rest of that second quarter and instead started pointing fingers elsewhere, Christian Wood, you know, calling out other guys. And everything got so heated that he then reportedly threw the object at John Lucas. And by then, KPJ was so heated that the Rockets decided, you know, he, you know, they they couldn't couldn't let him play, right? He couldn't play the rest of the hassle and he decided to leave. So there's some blurred lines as to you know exactly how the the how how specific that was with whether or not KPJ left of his own accord, whether or not the Rockets decided he wasn't going to play because of what took place at halftime. Um, it seems like the direction that I'm I'm more you know inclined to lean is that the Rockets were going to bench KPJ the rest of the half because of what took place at halftime. He didn't want to get benched. He took exception to that, so he left. Whereas with the report from Sham Sharania of The Athletic stating that Christian Wood was still there, but refused to check back in for the second half. Neither of these situations are great. They just, you know, KPJ, for all the growth that he seemingly has shown as a Houston Rocket, the way that he's embraced this city, these fans, his new role, his growth defensively, his growth as a leader, the way that he seems to have matured when talking to and addressing the media, being transparent, addressing his own faults, you know, all of this, right? This is kind of a step back for him. But I don't think it's like a deal breaker for KPJ. And I think that's the important thing to understand. My my belief is that the Rockets and KPJ are going to be able to work through this. Um, KPJ and John Lucas are insanely close, right? Going all the way back to media day, Kevin Porter Jr. said, I love John Lucas, right? And he also said that this Rockets organization saved his life. Those are big words for, for a kid who came from a troubled past and a rough start with the Cleveland Cavaliers and has had, has dealt with off-court drama before, and this is his first situation of anything like that with the Houston Rockets that has, you know, blown up at least, you know, publicly for the media to be aware of. So 
I'm confident and optimistic that the Rockets are going to be able to work past this. Now, that's not to be, say that he gets off scot-free. There should be some type of a punishment here. He needs to come back in and apologize to the coaching staff, to John Lucas, to his teammates, all of that. Christian Wood, on the other hand, I think responded to... I, I think if you're looking at the two situations, KPJ on the surface looks to be a bit more severe than what happened with Christian Wood. However, if it's true that Christian Wood just flat out refused to sub back in and wasn't actually, you know, you know, DNP coach's decision for the second half, that to me is a much more frustrating situation than what took place with KPJ because KPJ was frustrated, I believe, by the struggles of the team led by Christian Wood in his absence and took exception to how the half played out. Understandably so, he's a competitor. His temper boiled over and he handled that situation in the absolute worst way possible. I'm not making excuses for him. But Christian Wood responded to punishment by coming off the bench in the worst way possible, putting forth a terrible effort, did not respond well at all. And then his response to being called out for his lack of play, for his lack of fire, determination, you know, he could have come off the bench and said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take my lumps. I broke a team rule. I'm sorry. I'm going to come in, do my best to anchor this bench unit show why I'm the starting center for this team. Instead, he shrunk away from the challenge, right? And then when called out on it, he said, you know what? I just don't want to play anymore. That, to me, is very diva-type behavior, and that is behavior that you don't reward. That is just the absolute worst thing that you want to see from a guy on your team. And to me, I think that is completely different than the situation with KPJ. I think it's worse, honestly, than the situation with KPJ. And at this point, I think the Rockets need to move on from Christian Wood. You know, I was holding out hope that this team would be able to keep him. I wasn't even firmly on, you know, on board the Christian Wood trade discussion. And I'm, uh, it's unfortunate that this is probably going to sink his trade value a little bit. This entire situation, you know, he probably gets, probably loses some significant trade value, whatever trade value he did have before this occurred. But at this point, the team probably needs to suspend both of them, uh, whether that's for a game or two each or however long the team deems fit. I'm sure we will hear some type of a resolution from the team uh, sometime Monday morning or Monday afternoon as they play Monday night in Philadelphia. So that'll be an interesting game to see whether or not uh, one, if not both of them, are suspended moving forward and for how long. Uh, ultimately, it's really unfortunate the Rockets started out this year on such a bad note with some drama surrounding the team. However, there is a silver lining, and that's Jalen Green, who played an incredible game against the Denver Nuggets. He posted 29 points, second highest scoring total of his young rookie career. He has looked phenomenal in all the games that he's played since coming back from injury. So we're going to talk about him coming up and how he is starting to look like the Rockets' best player. I'm going to get there in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Rockets your first listen of the day each and every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets. Go make some money, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms just like this show. Now, I will say one more point very quickly on KPJ and Christian Wood and the entire situation at hand for the Rockets before getting into Jalen Green. Uh, it's not the end of the world. 
you know, right? Situations like this happen. Um, it's unfortunate that it happened and that it hit the media the way that it did and became kind of this storm um, swirling around the Houston Rockets and this drama and whatnot. But you can point to last season, right? With Jay Sean Tate throwing a basketball at James Harden and that got blown completely out of proportion by the media and it wound up becoming this gigantic, you know, headline. And then it turned out it was nothing, right? It's just a, a little confrontation in practice and that's it. So Again, I'm optimistic that the organization can move past this uh, with KPJ, with Christian Wood. Uh, look, it's it's not the end of the world because Christian Wood had a year and a half left on his deal anyways. There were question marks about whether or not he was going to stick around long-term, whether or not the team wanted to be able to commit max money to him. And I think at this point, you just look at it and say, you know what? Clean your hands of him. Alperin Shingun has shown flashes. He's your center of the future. Just move Christian Wood for what you can get for him and call it a day. And then with KPJ... It's unfortunate if this situation is deemed unsalvageable, but at the same time, you got him for a top 55, you know, protected second rounder. He was a reclamation project anyways. I'm not giving up on KPJ. I'm not ready to do that quite just yet. But if it doesn't work out with him, Jalen Green, Alperin Shingun, Josh Christopher, that's the like real future of the Houston Rockets right there, right? The the incredibly talented rookies that this team picked up just this season. I'm hopeful that KPJ can still be a you know a core group of the Rockets rebuild moving forward, but we'll see how it all plays out, you know. And the the impression that I've gotten from the couple people that I've spoken to uh, regarding the situation close to the team is that it's not as serious as it's been made out to be. You know that it, that this situation views Kevin Porter Jr. very highly, and they still think he is an incredible talent. And KPJ is, you know, he's apologetic for what's happened, right? And so I'm hopeful that they'll work past it. We'll see what happens in the coming days uh, regarding KPJ and Christian Wood. But let's focus on Jalen Green. Because Jalen Green had himself probably his, you can maybe make the argument it was his best game as a pro. Uh, you, you look at the game where he hit eight threes against the Boston Celtics. Sure, that was an amazing game. But this game really felt like a whole complete game from Jalen Green against the Denver Nuggets. He had 29 points on 13 shots, six of 13 from the floor, five of eight from the three-point line, and then 12 of 14 at the free throw line. He had 14 free throw attempts in the first half. He was so aggressive about getting to the free throw line, so I asked him about it post-game. Five games to get to the free throw line for the first time tonight. You had 14 attempts in a half. Yeah. Is are things kind of slowing down for you to be able to find your spots and, and be a bit more aggressive on those drives? Yeah, I was just talking about that the other day when um, my people were just saying how the game starting to slow down a little bit more for me. Uh, making better reads, seeing things that's open, um, and just being more patient. So things are slowing down a bit for Jalen Green, and that's becoming so apparent in how he's being able to, how he's utilizing his skill set to attack opposing defenses. And we're kind of seeing that, right? He's picking and choosing his spots a little bit better. He seems a little bit more comfortable operating in the pick and roll. And it's just, I mean, his numbers since coming back from injury are absurd. He's had now four games back from, from his injury, and he is averaging across these most recent four games, 22.3 points in... 29.7 minutes. So he's not even cracking 30 minutes a night yet. And he's shooting 48% from the floor and 52% from behind the arc. 
87% from the charity stripe. He's been incredible. And I think it's just, we, we've got enough of a sample size now to realize that, hey, that maybe there were some, you know, early season, you know, rookie jitters, right? Getting accustomed to the speed of the game, sure. But there was also the fact that the Rockets were running that double big lineup and the spacing was so bad that Jalen Green just didn't have room to operate. And now he does. The driving lanes are open and he's finding those openings in the defense. He's being aggressive. And I think that's the biggest next step in his game is you're finally starting to see him attack defenders aggressively and really seek out the contact. Because I asked Daniel Tice what it you know what it looked like to to see Jalen Green have the success that he had in this game, and, and Tice said it's great, right? Because that's all he needs to be able to do is to just be aggressive. Is that if he goes out there and starts looking for contact rather than shying away from the contact, using his body to get into defenders, then he's going to find a lot of success. And so I argue that this might have been his best all around game as an NBA player, because even though he had the 30 and that was his career high very early on in the eight threes against the Boston Celtics, that was an amazing game. This game felt much more well-rounded because he was scoring, you know, he was scoring at, at all the levels, right? Where he was getting to the free throw line. He was aggressive getting into the paint. He was also, he also had the three ball falling. He was getting out in transition a little bit. And the one area that I don't think should be held against him is he only finished the game with, one assist. Shout out Daniel Tice. Jalen Green was bringing the ball up the court and, you know, from about the mid-court line through a lob in transition to Daniel Tice who finished it off at the rim. So Jalen Green finished the night with only one assist, but he was looking for guys all throughout the evening. You know, it wasn't like he was just tunnel visioning and just scoring and ignoring his teammates. And that's the thing that I didn't want to get twisted with some, you know, inverse narrative about Jalen Green's not a team player. He doesn't make his teammates better. He had multiple passes that were, you know, bobbled or, you know, met, you know, missed shots from teammates, all those things. He could have easily finished the night with four or five assists, you know, a couple of them bobbled by Daniel Tice, you know, in the paint, whatever. But he was setting up teammates all throughout the evening, using his gravity as a scorer and his threat to drive the ball to the rim to create for others. And that's everything that we thought we'd be able to see for Jalen Green. Um, he was kind of in the second half, it was you know, obviously by necessity with no Kevin Porter Jr. given the circumstances at hand, uh, very, you know, that we've already covered in the first two segments regarding what took place with Kevin Porter Jr., but no KPJ in the second half of this game. So Jalen Green ran some point, handled the ball quite a bit. And so I asked him about, you know, where he's at with, you know, having the ball in his hands and 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 actually orchestrating the offense. How comfortable are you at the point and having the ball in your hands, creating for others and uh, the offense? I had I had a kid. Uh, I had a, had the ball in my hands a lot towards the second half, um, which was new. I mean, not new for me because I like having the ball in my hands. I'm very comfortable having the ball in my hands. But usually, I'm the two. Um, again, I'm in the corner coming off and stuff like that. I'm not really initiating things, so I was trying to remember all the plays and stuff and trying to get everyone else involved. So um, I think I think that can help my game out a lot. Just chemistry with my teammates and just learning at the same time I could learn from being a point guard too, combo guard. So Jalen Green talking about having to kind of orchestrate the offense a little bit and where his comfortability level is at regarding that in that second half, kind of by necessity with no KPJ out there. But again, a very, very impressive, promising performance from 
Jalen Green. And it, again, it could not come at a better time for this Rockets team when there are question marks surrounding what's going to happen with Christian Wood, what's going to happen with Kevin Porter Jr. So the future is bright with Jalen Green. Absolute certainty there. But whatever the team decides to do moving forward with those two other guys, we'll obviously have you covered for that right here at Locked on Rockets. Probably in the coming days, we'll figure out what this looks like regarding how much this maybe hurts Christian Wood's trade value and whether or not the Rockets, you know, what kind of deals they may be looking at uh, coming up with the the trade deadline right around the corner, uh, about a month away now. So with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, we appreciate you checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app, free and available on all platforms. Also, check us out on YouTube. Search Locked on Rockets on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. How do you think the Houston Rockets should handle the KPJ Christian Wood situation? You want to see those guys gone? Do you still want to see them on the team? What do you think should happen with those guys? And how exciting was that game from Jalen Green? And how bright is the future for him and this team moving forward? So with that, as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.